Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. I'm starting to dig the Annapolis Library on West Street, man. Today we are here with Commissel Brown, whose name should not be a stranger to pretty much anybody. And despite us being friends and going through leadership and Arundel together, it still sort of blows my mind mm-hmm. that you only have two arms and two hands because you seem to have your hands in any number of different buckets. Yes. Every time I turn around, there's uh, something else with Commissel. Yeah. And uh, also known as Cell Spitfire, and you've got a website which get really sort of gets you started, but CellSpitfire.com, and it's nothing crazy about the spelling there. But thank you for agreeing to come on, and uh, good to see you again. And I think last time we ran into each other, you were working on a on a project, and you know, elbows deep into paint and yeah. spray paint, and up uh-huh. on a lift and everything else. But you are a muralist, a mentor, a business owner, uh, businesses owner. I guess, uh, graphic designer, artist. I don't know, maybe you're even a BFF with Lamar Jackson. I hear you've got a little connection there, but yeah. it's, uh, you know, go that. But where, where where did you come from, man? What's your background? Well, first, thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. Uh, you know, I've been following you for a while since back on Twitter with Ion Annapolis. So yeah. it's, been, it's been an honor to come here and uh, speak. Um, but my career dates back all the way since being a kid. I've always been artistic, um, had an eye for bright colors. Uh, funny story, uh, what really made me, or showed me that I was a good artist was drawing nude pictures on paper. And I remember showing my grandfather, and he was like, like he was surprised that <laughs> I drew a nude person, but it looked so good. He was like, you traced this. You had to trace it. I was like, no, I, I took my time and draw it. So when I seen the look of surprise on his eyes is when I knew I was really good. All right. How old were you? I would say I was about six. I six, found, man. You, you ain't seen no nude people. I, I, I stumbled across a magazine. <laughs> so I was drawing it out of a magazine. But, yeah, it, it was funny. Uh, that was one of my best drawings starting out. And Do you I just, still have it? Uh, no, I wish I did. <laughs> I might have to dig. We do have a, a cabinet at his house that has old photos and drawings. I literally have all of my schoolwork from kindergarten and first grade. So it may be in there, but I haven't dug through it in, in many years. So Like get you thrown out of school at all? Uh, no, I didn't take it to school. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where, I mean, did you grow up? Are you native in Annapolis? Yes, grew up, born and raised here in Annapolis. Uh, be, beginning of my childhood, I was in the Robinwood community. Okay. Um, and then once I hit first grade, we moved to uh, Greenbrier, which is in between Newtown 20 and Bywater. And right, that's also, right behind the Safeway? Yep, right yep. behind the Safeway. So many people growing up with me, they know me from being in Greenbrier. And, uh, yep, that's that's Very cool. So, so you weren't? You weren't really drawn into being creative. You were just sort of there. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was always there. So have you, I mean, once you realized that you had the the artistic ability and the creativity ability, there's a word, creativity ability, Mm -hmm. but the, uh, you know, creativeness, I mean, were there training? I mean, have you done any training? Are you purely self-taught? 
Uh, starting out, I was self-taught. Uh, I also went to the Salvation Army after-school program for most of elementary school. And the really cool thing about the Salvation Army is every day we got there, they had something cool and productive for us to do. A lot of that was art-based. Um, and if it wasn't art-based, it was sports-related. But uh, dealing with art, we used to paint T-shirts there, uh, coloring pages, origami, gimp, I mean, anything artistic or creative we could do, I, I like to sit down and put my hands into. And maybe that's why I'm like that now as an adult, putting my hands in all different well, types of art. I mean, I mean, are you strictly relegated to uh, – I mean, I know a lot of it is digital now at this mm-hmm. point, and you, you grew up in a digital world. Um, but, I mean, are you strictly a, a visual artist, I guess? I mean – uh, yeah, I, I would say that. I attended the Art Institute of Atlanta right out of high school. Um, I moved to Atlanta when I was 17 years old, um, mainly in graphics. So websites, logos, uh, stationary artwork. That's my forte. Um, but that all kind of trickles into the other artwork that I do as well from murals and clothing design as well. So the lo- the logos and the and the stationery and stuff like that. I mean, that's the, the the bread and butter, I guess, at this yes. at this point. And that's all. I mean, if we wanted to work that with sellspitfire.com is where yep. to go on that. Yep. And- um, I would say during the summer um, is when I really do a lot of the murals because of the weather. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to to paint when it's hot. Um, Something more comfortable in it. And now were. now that we're going into the fall, I still do a bit of murals, but it's mainly indoors. So uh, I do a lot of pitches to uh, schools and uh, after school programs. Um, stuff like that to still stay in the mural realm. But like you said, bread and butter is typically logos and graphic work. Well, I'll tell you, you know, you're hard pressed to go anywhere in Annapolis without seeing a little splash of your color anywhere. Um, I mean, I just came up West Street and uh, Pinky's Liquor's got your your mural with Carlestra on the side yeah. of it, which was uh, I was so thrilled to see that come to fruition. Uh, Carlestra is just such a, a wonderful guy. Yeah. Uh, I never, never met him, but I mean, the... I can't count the number of times where I would be driving down West Street or maybe Forest Drive, depending on where he was. Mm-hmm. And it just brings a smile to your face, man. There's, yeah. a, there's a guy that's got, I don't say a care in the world, but I mean, you know, he's he's happy and he's doing something great for the community. I, me- mm-hmm. I remember the great story when there was a new state trooper yeah. in town that's and he was out one. walking the street and everybody just sort of side and he, the state trooper says, you got to get out of the road. And, and, you know, he didn't quite know what to do. And the state trooper, you know, slammed him down, arrested him and stuff like that. Gets back to the barracks and they're like, what the hell are you doing, man? That's Carl Lester. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> just arrested a legend. <laughs> you know, you just let him, you just go, go tell him he can go on. You know? Yeah. I heard that that was a big joke for that officer for a while. Looking around town. I mean, you know, you've got at uh, the Brianna Taylor mural, which got a lot of international attention because mm-hmm. you took the uh, the basketball court uh, over there in parole. Mm-hmm. And that was a collaborative between you and a number of people too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I wouldn't want to take full credit for that. Definitely want to shout out Jeff Huntington and Future History Now and uh, Julia Gibbs. Um, the idea has spawned out when we did the George Floyd mural which only lasted temporarily because uh, it was wiped away by a hurricane. Right, that was down in City Dock. City Dock, and the hurricane wiped it in the water. Um, I believe Jeff received calls immediately, and they had the harbor master retrieve it from the water. And I believe after that, Jeff said that they will be putting it into the Banneker-Douglas Museum, but I'm not sure if it ever made it there. But literally two days after we finished the George Floyd mural, it made it to publication on CNN's website. And I think that that was the defined moment for Jeff to, to for him to really get the idea moving with the Breonna Taylor mural, which we had two locations that we were eyeing for that. Um, well, the first one was the 
parking lot of, I believe it was Annapolis uh, Middle School, but they had a new principal at the time. And she liked the idea, but she didn't want to take that on as being a new principal and okay. being something to kind of overshadow her coming into the school. So she ultimately turned it down. Uh, we presented the next idea to uh, the parole, greater parole commission out at a uh, parole and they loved the idea. And, you know, the rest is history. We were able to put it out there in a fairly black community, Latino community. So I felt like it was a perfect place for it to keep the politics of that out of the schooling area. You know, well, certainly Breonna Taylor, I mean, obviously it affects and it, and it impacts and it's got more of a resonance, I guess, with the, uh, you know, the black and Latino community. But I mean, that's something that, that really should affect everybody. I right. Mean, it's, it's, I agree. It's, 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 a, it's a universal uh, issue that goes on there. And I mean, and, you know, you mentioned the um, George Floyd mural. Mm-hmm. And another one that was somewhat temporary but is still permanent is the one on Forest Drive with Trade a Kid, which is he was a friend of yours, right? Yep, he was my best friend. Unfortunately, that's still an unsolved or it's a half solved, I guess, yeah. uh, issue there. And that's the one right out in front of like the CVS and uh, Little Pizza, yep. that that area there yep. on on Forest Drive. Now, you, did you paint that as well? Or? Nope. Now that is actually a great starting point of my mural career because um i've always admired murals around the city but me being an artist for some reason i never thought about doing them and when uh trey was murdered i reached out to d ward because i know he had been working with jeff or a community group doing artwork in newtown 20 and some of the other neighborhoods so i asked d to reach out to the artist that he was working with and to see if he could paint a, a mural of trey the kid and it happened to be jeff huntington Jeff heard of Trey's story. He didn't know Trey at all. But I guess from all of the the news and publication from Trey's killing, he took on the job. He made the calls to get the county to approve us putting the mural in that location. And uh, he said, I mean, that's your best friend. Would you like to come out and kind of help me with this? Um, I kind of directed him on certain things and features to include in the, the way the way he looks or the, yeah. the look of uh, facial expression or something. Even his hat. If you if you ride past the mural and you see his hat, he has on the St. Louis Cardinals hat. Me and Trey always had a thing about Cardinals. You know, that's a, a popular bird here in Maryland. And whenever we would be out back of my backyard talking, we would see a Cardinal and he would literally stop mid conversation and blow a kiss at the Cardinals and said that that was good luck. And not only that, but his uncle, Craig Wilson, who was married to my now deceased aunt, uh, Deborah, that you met in leadership. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals. He made it to the MLB and um, he was one of the first people from Annapolis to make it to the major leagues. So the, the hat has a lot of significance having that Cardinal on it. And I also was able to add some words on it. Um, one of his favorite quotes, which was, uh, the love always overpowers the hate. You'll see that on the bottom part of the mural kind of going around the silhouette of his body. Um, so that mural means a lot to me. I didn't paint it, but like I said, I had a lot of input on it. And it's a lot of significance every time I ride past it. So I guess it used to ride past it all the time. I mean, you're yeah. still, still living in the area. Yeah, but and, and to end that, uh, you know, just taking part of that mural and seeing how Jeff was able to just – sketch it out and make it complete like it just really inspired me to take my art to the next level and, and put it on a lot larger canvases and i've never looked back since well i mean you, you've done the been part of the mural at stage one or mc3 yep. uh the what used to be called the uh, cultural something right maryland cultural they keep, conference they, they keep changing the names over there but right there at park place in yep. the western hotel 
out of the area. You've recently worked with the Washington Commanders. And mm-hmm. I said that like I am used to saying commanders as opposed to. <laughs> you know, when I tell people, well, before we finished the job, when I was telling close family members about doing it, I didn't say commanders. I said Redskins. Because yeah, yeah. I felt like if I said commanders, they wouldn't know who I was talking about. <laughs> so then I followed it up with commanders. But yes, uh, it was great working with them um, outside of beautifying their stadium. They wanted to really kind of tra- change the culture and just give it a new look and get get more uh, acclimation with the community. And, you know, I was partnered with over 13 to 14 different artists from all around the DMV. I made some really good friends out of doing that project there. That's pretty neat. Well, you were in Brianna Taylor's hometown, I believe, too. Yep. Was it Lu- Louisville. Louisville. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when we talked, you uh, said that there was some vandalism on a mural. You did a similar mural to the Brianna Taylor mural yeah. down there. And there was some vandalism. You went down and touched it up. Uh, you've been in Harlem for with Nike, uh, Adidas, Adidas. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry, Nike <laughs> didn't. <laughs> sorry, Adidas didn't mean to say that, but um, you know, again, doing that, and I, and I, I, you know, during leadership, I seem to recall that you were like jetting off somewhere to do some other kind of mural. So, I mean, this is like as a guy that did not do murals more than four years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you're national internationally i guess at yeah this within point. within two to three years it's been a, a wild ride uh never would have thought i would have moved this fast at this rate but i'm definitely pleased that i've been able to make such an impact around the world um i hope to continue the the path of doing these great murals and telling history through art and just beautifying the nation if i can say, yeah, and, and you've got other stuff too i mean you've done the resource centers uh, with the Annapolis Police Department in – did it both Robinwood and Harbor House, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Eastport is done. Robinwood is in the process. They've been – the city's been waiting patiently for me to finish up the Arundel Center project to okay. get back. Because uh, with uh, Robinwood, the sizing is a lot different than Eastport. So we had to make a few adjustments. Also wanted to change up some of the wording. So that should be finished by the end of October. Um, you did a – for lack of a better word, an ambulance. Yep. With a, I mean, I guess that was, you didn't paint that. That was designed and wrapped, right? Designed in Photoshop. That's, again, me using those graphic design skills and layout and a little bit of illustration. Um, I love to use the uh, Apple iPad Procreate program to do stuff like that. Um, and I actually just did a vehicle wrap for the library. Um, not this one, but the one in Severn. Um, we're just finalizing a lot of those details. So you'll see that vehicle hitting the road soon as well. Nice. What do, what do you have, like a, a software that says you plug in the the style of vehicle? And, well, I actually asked, just... well, when we get to vehicle wraps, I definitely at the beginning uh, discussion, I like to make sure that I get all of the details about the make and model year of the vehicle because uh, there are a lot of websites out that have templates of those vehicles. So um, I just had to find a template of the exact vehicle and kind of go off there. And theme. then you position your things where they need to be. Yep. That's kind of neat. Well, you, you've mentioned the Arundel Center mural a couple of times, and I mean, that is it's been so awesome. For everybody to see that come to life yeah. and nothing like a blank canvas. I mean, it, it really was. It was an obscure, essentially an invisible wall to me. Yeah. Uh, you, you never noticed it was there. I mean, there were a couple of cars parked in there and it's it, on the backside of the Arundel Center, which is at 44 Calvert Street. Uh, if you're going into the Gotts Garage, look to your left. Yeah. Uh, and I noticed the other week when I was driving past, I was at the light on West Street and that just beams right up onto West Street as yeah. well. So it's not hidden on a, on a back street. And this was something that the uh, county and the city and the Art and Public Places Commission said mm-hmm. that this would be an ideal place for a mural. And there was a, a, I don't say a public bidding thing, but a competition, if you will. I mean, you had to submit proposals. 
to uh, what you wanted to do. And I know with County Executive Pittman, I mean, you know, his his mantra has always been make Anne Arundel County the best place for all. And that was really kind of the only guiding principle they gave you. They said, that, you know, you need to take care of the inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so how did this how did how did you get the job? How did this all come come about? Well, I was very excited to do the job, uh, one, because of the size of the mural. Um, Is that the biggest one you've ever done? Yes, 3,000 square feet. I think it was about 95 feet tall and a little more than 100 feet wide. So huge mural. Um, I submitted. It took me a a really long time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. I was going back and forth about place and people. Um, I ultimately decided to choose people. Um, the one stipulation that the county gave was that we couldn't include any words. So it just had to be all imagery. So with submitting my uh, bid, I was sitting back patiently waiting, just trying to hear the results. I think maybe two to three weeks after all of the artwork was submitted, I get a call or text first um, with me and somebody else on it that I didn't have the number saved. And they were like, hey, uh, I think it was Lonnie. And she was telling me that the county had were, were kind of split in a vote between me and Cindy when it got down to the final five. Uh, and they were like, we're interested to, to know if you two will be open to collaborate. Um, I had already been talking to Cindy about joining one of her art exhibits, which is uh, Art Behind the Creeks. Right. So I was already in communication with her. So we kind of text off to the side and she was like, are, are you willing to do it? Well, that's Cindy Fletcher Holden, yep. whose uh, two biggest murals, public murals that she has done. I think are probably on Chinkapin Round Road on that one building. I don't know exactly what it is, but if you're going on Chinkapin to West Street, it's on the right. It's a, a big sailing scene and also on the side of the Annapolis Maritime Museum. Yeah, she has some really great work. Um, and if you go to any glory days, she does the artwork on the on, in there as and well. And during the project, I found out that she does a lot of Starbucks stuff in the area as well. Oh, I think I did know that. Yeah. I think I did know that. And she does the art between the creeks, which is sort of kind of a neat thing between Back Creek and Spot Creek. And it's in Eastport. Yep. Uh, and that took a little bit of a hiatus during COVID, but that was uh, that was probably about two or three months ago, I guess it was. Yeah. The concept is that you know we've got a bunch of hidden artists here, mm-hmm. and let's bring them together. They bring them into the backyard boats, and uh, right there, second, third, and the creek, and it's just it's just a wonderful. Experience. Yeah, it was a different experience. I, I love the atmosphere of the place. Uh, boats hanging up, uh, so it gives you that maritime feel, um, and the crowd of people is different than I'm used to. So it was great to be exposed to a whole new crowd in the esport community so so they send they send you a text saying hey um would you be willing to work to with cindy and they probably sent one to cindy saying hey would you be willing to work at commissile and they're all sitting there praying that both of you guys say yes yeah um so that's that's how you got it now i mean you submitted a design it wasn't the same one as cindy's right um who who won uh, or so, did you combine somehow? Yeah, we combined. So when they left it up to us to communicate and kind of meet up. Me and Cindy were, were meeting up about once a week all the way up until we submitted the final artwork. Um, I really love Cindy's artwork for the layout. Um, hers was more based around place and historical landmarks, and mine was people. She had a few people in there, but um, I just felt like her layout was so great, and it kind of fit my style of like if you look at the uh, MC3 mural and the Carl Esther mural, my way of using shapes, you'll see that in yeah. the Arundel Center mural. But that was what Cindy came up with. And I just it connected with me and the things that I've already done. So I told Cindy, let's keep what you have and let's try to include the people that I presented. And then I also threw in a couple other ideas like the augmented reality part, the fishing rod and 
different, like the night and day look. So okay, so you, when you submitted, I mean, you just sort of submitted a, a concept, yeah, and maybe a sketch. Uh, I did it graphically through um, Photoshop, so right? Right. Kind of see what it would look like after it would be okay. Done. And and she did the same thing, and then but then before it was ultimately decided on, you guys collaborated and submitted a joint joint. This design. is what this is what the the proof is, right? You know, if, if you yeah. will, yep. Wow, that's that's and, and and it's taking what about two and a half months to complete? Yes, six and, weeks. Uh, get down there and check it out. Anyhow, you can't can't miss it. It's uh, it's amazing. Now the mural. I mean, as, as far as the inclusivity, I mean, if you just, you know, in the most basic sense, you look at it and you can see there's black people, there's white people, there's men, there's women, there's Hispanics, there's, you know, Dog, professionals, pets. there's, you know, blue collar, there's, you know, there's white collar, there's no collar, there's, you know, everything. It, mm-hmm. it represents, you know, Anne Arundel County. Yeah. You're on there. Mm-hmm. And Cindy's on there. Yeah. So we uh, snuck that in there. Snuck it in. What the hell? It's huge, man. Well, the sketch, the sketch was when you saw, if you would have saw the sketch we presented, they had people, but I'm not sure. Well, they knew it was us, but the people that saw us drawing it didn't know until you started to see the details. So when I say snuck it in there, like you just wouldn't have known unless you were in those meetings and or at the end when we finished it. You're like, oh, okay, I didn't know that was you when you were drawing it. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. I've never painted myself or seen myself painted on a mural because Cindy did the details of me and all of the other people. But great it's it's just humbling to to be able to see myself on such a huge wall and to know that the impact is going to be great when it comes to bridging the gap between a lot of things here in Annapolis and in the county we've come a long way and we've got a long way to go yeah uh that's for sure from an artistic point of view I mean that mural can't last forever Mm -hmm. I mean how how do you preserve that I mean is there is there a way to preserve that so that is there for a lot longer I mean I've I mean you know you paint your house every you well, know. I, I kind of left it up to not left it up to Cindy, but I really leaned on her expertise with her having quite a few more years than I have in in doing murals. And her suggestion was using one side one shot sign paint, which is the best paint in the market. It generally lasts about twenty to thirty years. Oh just, my word! Okay, just naturally. Um, but we, I think we may even extended that by adding a clear coat to it, which we did uh, last week. Uh, after the mural was done. So oh, now, okay. So now there's a clear coat over top of the mural. So now we may be looking at a 30, 35, 30, maybe even 40, 40 year. 50. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. You mentioned AR. What's, what is, I mean, AR is augmented reality. Yeah. What is, what is that all about with the, the mural? So in this new world of NFTs and you know, the whole digital world and what we're going to a virtual reality. Uh, I've been following a lot of that as an artist. I felt, I feel like you should never be content in what you're doing. You should always be willing to learn and, and grow. So with doing research, as I was coming up with the mural, I stumbled across a video on YouTube with a, a augmented reality mural, which it's not many in the United States. It's a few. Um, this mural had a, a 3d T-Rex, well, the T-Rex on the wall is flat, but when the augmented reality is activated, the T-Rex starts to move, it roars, and then it ultimately jumps over the wall that it was painted on and it hides behind it. So I thought that that was so cool. So I started to do research and uh, reach out to a few artist buddies that do animation. And I partnered with Maurice Taylor, who's a great videographer here from Annapolis. And I asked him, would he be able to help me out with that? So we're in the finalizing stages of that, and it should be ready to go by signing day. But to give you a description of what it is, is um, when you get to the mural, there's going to be a sign with a QR code. 
You'll scan the QR code. It'll prompt you to allow access to your camera. Uh, you'll then point your camera at the mirror wall. And then that's when the magic happens. You'll start to see the same mural that we painted start to move. So some of the blue angels, so yeah, cool. The blue angel jets will move. The heron will move its head. Um, one of the boats. There's going to be a big fish on the end of that yep. fishing rod. <laughs> yep. So you'll see the fishing rod move. It'll actually go up a few times and the fish will plop in the water. Um, and then one of the boats will actually cruise across the water and actually cruise off of the, the wall and go in the street. Now, you see all of this. Oh, that sounds just like camera. a long night at Ram's Head after yeah. a long night at Drake and Coming. Man, the mural's moving, dude. Yeah, it's like a 10, 15 second video that'll loop, but it kind of gives you a better perspective of the concept. You get to see why certain pieces are looking a certain way, and then the movement of it, I feel like, will really connect with the young younger generation. So I thought it was very important to, to include that portion of it and just give a, a digital footprint of the awesomeness of that so it's going to be more so on the uh curb on the right on the sidewalk side. side yeah so if you're coming in god's garage on the right side in between the other county building there gotcha because when you pull up your camera you want to be able to see the whole mural to activate it opposed to being up close right up close sure but the cool thing about it you know usually on a mural people just stand in front of it take a picture but with the augmented reality not only will you be able to take a picture but you'll be able to do small videos so while that the planes are moving in the background. You can actually stand in front of it and do a 10, 15 second video and have all those cool movements behind you. Wait a minute. So, so I can do like the whole selfie thing with a video Uh huh. and the boats will be moving. And, and, and so it, so that's basically just triggered the video on my phone. Uh, well, you, you may have to, depending on if you have an iPhone or Android, when you activate it, you'll have, you'll see the button there to either hold it to do a video right, or uh, take a picture. And if that doesn't work, you can always do a screen record because it'll constantly right, right, have right. that element in the back moving while you're in front of it. So, Dude, man, that's hell. That's that's hella cool, man. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to take away from the, the greatness of painting it at all. You know, it took us a long time to really and we didn't know spray paint used at all, all brushwork. So I don't want to take away from the integrity of doing the artwork, but I just feel like that gives it that that extra cool element. Well, you know, you know, it's it's sort of as far as inclusivity goes. I mean, it's it's merging young and old to a degree too. On that, just from the from the technology aspect of that. I mean, you've got some, you know, old codgers like me that'd be like, uh, oh, you know, it's a pretty mirror. I don't need that augmented reality. And the other kids are like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Now, you guys, I mean, you guys taped that all out, right? Yeah. When I I remember seeing like the blue tape and everything else, I mean, that was how you sort of taped your sketch out and then said, okay, this is orange and this is blue, and then draw the clouds in and everything else from there. And it's funny, I was kind of not against the idea because I use tape in all of the murals that I've done, but I've never taped a mural in its entirety, but it actually worked out to benefit us at the end because uh, it took us about a week to sketch it and we went through some rain clouds there. So typically I would sketch this with chalk and if we would have done it in that way, we might have lost half of the mural due to rain. So by using tape, it stayed, kept the proportions, and it also gave the people watching an idea of what we were doing. Of what was to come, sure. Right. And it so, probably gave you a good good step to be – because you could stand back and look at it and go, oh, well, that – the fishing rod looks like it's too low or oh, yeah, it yeah. to be so we, you know, peel it off and, and move it back. That's really neat. Yeah, so most definitely it really helped out a lot more than I thought um, from perspective – and even when we just wanted a sharp line, a lot of the tape we were able to keep on the wall and helped us out with sharp lines. So right. it, it turned out great. Right. Well, you said never be content in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you aren't. 
Uh, Not at all. uh, Another little bit of uh, news when you were in the news recently was you are the new proprietor or co-proprietor with Todd Powell of Art Things. Yes. And that is, uh, for those that are unaware, actually you can scroll back and see an interview we did with Sky uh, Vasquez way back when, when it was in West Annapolis. It Mm -hmm. was right at the end of uh, Taylor Avenue, I guess it is at that point, right there at 1 Annapolis Street. During COVID, she had relocated that into Maryland Hall. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, um, just with the restrictions and everything else goes, it it just was not able to survive. And the pandemic as well. It was right during the pandemic when she moved it there. So all of those things kind of took its toll. And uh, Todd called me. Um, it's, it's funny. That was like when we met through our first conversation on the phone. He was telling me how. So you just get a phone call out of the blue say, hey, come, so you want to buy an art store with me? Yeah. Who's this? Pre- pretty much. I'm like, who is this? And uh, <laughs> he told me he was in LAA Leadership Anne Arundel. Um, and one of the names that he threw out there was Miss Burl Downs. And I call Miss Burl Auntie. She's like. Oh, she is. She is a force, man. Yeah. So she when I heard her name, I knew he too, Todd had to be official. Um, but we actually met up for lunch a few times before I just said yes. I told him I was interested on the phone. Um, but we met up for lunch a few times, spoke about some ideas, uh, how we envisioned it, and it just clicked and it worked out. So we went on a hunt for Sky and trying to find out what was the cost going to be and what would the process be. She had a, a person that was interested uh, before us, um, so we were you know, second on the list. Um, but we ended up getting a call two or three weeks later from Sky saying, are you guys still interested? And uh, we pulled the trigger. You know, I mean, that's the thing with a business. I mean, if you ever sell, 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 sell Spitfire, <laughs> um, I mean, that's your baby. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're not going to sell it out to just anybody. Right. Uh, you look at what Pat, the, I can't pronounce his name, but the CEO of Patagonia that started Patagonia. Have you heard what he's done recently? No, I haven't. He, he's got a $3 billion company or whatever, Patagonia, the clothing manufacturer. Okay. And he's always been very environmentally and save the planet and everything else. And he says, you know, what I'm doing is I'm putting a hundred percent of still privately held. I'm putting a hundred percent of the stock of the company into a trust to make the planet better. And it's going to throw off a hundred million dollars a year to do it. Wow. Uh, so he's, he's, he, that's who he sold his company to because it was based on his belief. So, and you know, I'm sure sky turned around and looked at you guys and said, you know, you're better than, you know, the guy that's coming in or the woman that's coming in looking just to make sure it's a buck. Yeah. I need to make a buck. And, yeah. you know, this is my bottom line. And uh, so when is this opening? What's what's happening? So we're really behind with that because of one, the Arundel Center project took a while for us to really get going. Um, some of the funding that I'm being paid for the Arundel Center is going to go back into funding our mm-hmm. thing. So that's been the hold up. Um, but we're looking to open it up. I hope Pittman doesn't bounce that check on you guys. No, no, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> um, but hopefully uh, we should have it open in sometime in October. Um, you know, it's been a little discouraging not being able to open in time, but we want to open it up the right way. We're giving it new branding, new colors, and we just want to give it a whole new look and feel, but still keeping it true to its roots of being a small brand, branded art store and still keeping the Mona Lisa. So Okay, so is it still going to be called Art Things? Um, no, we're changing it to Art House, and you're the first person to get this news. So to Art what? Art House. Okay. But it's spelled H-A-U-S. Okay. So Great. it's Art House and of Annapolis. Um, but like I said, we're still keeping the Mona Lisa branding, and hopefully that doesn't wear anybody away. But we felt like it just with the new look that we're going to give it, we just needed to give it a, a new name too. So That's awesome. Yeah. What all will it offer? I mean, we're in Maryland Hall, which is a 
uh, an old high school, but it is, is, is an educational and a performance building. That's, I mean, that's, that's the, the gist of what Maryland Hall is. I mean, will you be doing classes and everything yep. else? So is? for the main day-to-day operations, we'll be keeping it similar, just being a regular art store. Uh, but there will be a few new additions like candles and novelty items that you can that you can pick um, the layout and feel of it is going to have more of a home feel. So if you wanted to just come in and maybe sketch in a book, you're going to have a nice place to sit comfortably and draw and buy your supplies. And then after hours, we're going to do paint and sips and different instructional things. But I'm, I've already been painting in Merlin hall as well. So anybody that wants to follow me or may have a child that they're interested in learning some art things, uh-huh, funny art things, art instructions. Um, you can either come through Merlin Hall or Art House, and we'll have different classes to offer you. That's awesome! Congratulations! Thank you, man. Congratulations, Appreciate man. That's uh, and what are, what are the hours going to be? Do we know that yet? Uh, no, don't know the hours, but more than likely, probably nine to five, nine to six. nine to five ish yep. or something like that. Yep. And maybe a weekend here or there. Yep. And okay. of course, Merlin Hall is closed on holidays. So right, right, and. Um, School holidays too, aren't they? Don't yep. they? Because they they filed because the school's district still owns Maryland Hall, I Correct. believe. So they've got a couple little rules there. Tell me about sell the other business that you own now is a sell Spitfire as well. Now that's that was the the first thing. That's what started it all. I guess yeah. it was, and that's so, your bread and butter. Yep. So started out with graphic design services, uh, logos, uh, branding. So what what does Sell Spitfire do? I mean, you said, you've mentioned logos, you mentioned stationery and stuff like that. And, and where are your customers? Are they all pretty much local? All lo- well, not all local. Uh, I get most of my customers from online promotions, so Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, one of my biggest clients that you mentioned earlier was Lamar Jackson. That was for my fashion design services. So um, starting out, his was almost similar to a contest setup as well. I was uh, forwarded a post from Lamar Jackson where he said he was looking for a graphic designer for his clothing line, Era 8. Um, somebody forwarded it to me. I submitted my resume, got a call a week back later. They said they were looking at three or four different artists that they were interested in, and they kind of gave us all different uh, jobs to pretty much complete. Uh, my, it was for a design called Pressure. Um, so I designed a pressure design. They loved it. And they chose me out of the four artists. Um, and the pressure design was actually the first thing to release. We did that on and it came in four or five different color hoodies and they sold out within five minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we, we printed up a total of a thousand hoodies and they sold out in five minutes. And next thing you know, I had a ton of work to do for them. I, I, At what point in, in Jackson's career was this? Was this? this was during his MVP run. So it ended with me creating a whole MVP collection for him, which we did custom jackets with all of his stats from that year going down the sleeve. We did it Louisville College colors, the Ravens colors, and some black and white stuff to keep it all true to his history and how he got to this point. And uh, it, it was a, a good ride. Um, I don't currently design for them anymore, but I still keep in contact. I think it, it shut down when he got he got in a lawsuit with some, right. with right. the photographer from Louisville who said he was using uh, some of the images some, right, right. on his website. But You got kinda, a cell phone number? I was actually talking to his mom. My first time meeting Lamar was Super Bowl weekend. Uh, the Ravens didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but he had a— uh, a fashion show that weekend of the Super Bowl to kind of launch his brand. So that's when I was first introduced to him. Finally met his mom in person and kind of met the family and got acclimated that way. But it was a great weekend. That's cool. Where's his mom live? Uh, the, at the time, they were in 
Florida. I'm not okay. 100% sure which city in Florida, but they were going back and forth from Florida to uh, Lansdowne, I believe. Okay. What's the future hold for you, man? Where's where? I mean, I mean, I, I do you have any? I mean, where where would be your dream? I mean, you know, you've you're you're living it, but I mean, you know, every time I turn around, and I I don't exaggerate this, there's something public that's yeah. out there. And as as we're talking, I'm, I keep thinking of other ones that I've seen. Oh yeah, you you did that one too. And yeah, two about. years ago, I would have told you that I was trying to move back to Atlanta. Um, the only reason I moved back to Annapolis from Atlanta was because the recession had hit really hard around the U.S. right around the time I graduated. So I came back to Annapolis. I started working at Navy Federal Credit Union as a bank teller, um, which was great. <laughs> Never thought I would have worked at a bank, but I learned a lot about being professional, um, being punctual and finances. And I ended up ultimately leaving from there, taking the money that I made and investing it into a lot of my equipment that I use today. So that dream has kind of altered a bit because I feel like I've just got my feet wet so much here in Annapolis and, and have made a, my, myself a household name when it comes to art. And I have so many things going on here that I definitely feel like I need to be here at least four to five more years. So um, as far as what the future holds, it's going to be taking Art House, branding that to another level, hopefully eventually taking that to Atlanta in five years. Uh, um, I really have a goal in my heart to give my well, teach a lot of my talents and share some of my resources with the next generation of artists um, in my story. And I, I say this publicly a lot that I really didn't get to this point until my late 30s where people actually know my name and what I do. Um, but I've been talented, as I told you, my whole life. It really took a long time for me to mix myself in this crowd. But I think that was from not having resources or not really knowing where to go. So now I'm just offering a lot of that to the youth that I teach and hoping that I can create another self spitfire or another awesome. artist on to come up. That's awesome. What would you be doing if you weren't arting? Oh, well, I used to rap. That's how the name self spitfire was created. Uh, when I actually, when I moved to Atlanta, I was there fulfilling not just my schooling but i wanted to be a signed artist okay me and trader kid that was our thing he he actually moved down to atlanta with me for six months right he had a, he had a record deal yeah and we recorded a whole mixtape together called on my way home and it was about our experience living in atlanta for that time and how we were going to be transitioning and coming back home so ultimately I, I started to see that rap was changing the pace of the music was changing you had a lot of uh, auto-tune and synthesizing going on which i wasn't a fan of and it's just a whole new ball game with the younger <clears throat> younger generation and uh, a lot of it i, I didn't like so i kind of tapped out of that that market did a lot of behind the scenes stuff with still designing trays artwork and just being a mentor and almost a manager type role. And, you know, I was rooting for Trader Kid to get signed. And, uh, you know, ultimately when he passed away, I look at it like he passed the baton back to me. And I'm not only carrying on my legacy, but his as well. Wow. Picking two, picking two careers that are hella hell, hell tough to get, you know, to break, break into, but you've done so well with yeah. the, with the art. I mean, yeah. uh, I've got a friend that's trying to break into the music business, and it's just it's just tough. It's yeah, and it's, it's, it's a dangerous career as a rap artist now. Like it's almost putting a target on your head because, uh, you know, in the the type of style of person that I was, you know, you you have to almost buy expensive jewelry or stuff that really make you stand out, stand from out other artists, whole. and 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 the end result is it makes you a target. You know, you know, you know, it's it's funny. I get a little bit off topic. I mean, you said you were you spent some time in Robinwood when you were growing up, and then. Um, 
back in uh, by, by Green, Greenbrier. Greenbrier. Yeah. Um, I have seen, and and I don't. You know, rap is not my genre of music, but I, I appreciate the talent behind. It. I remember I went to the Warp Festival one time, and my kids mm-hmm. were like, "Why are you listening to this like screamo music?" I said, yeah. well, I don't "Like it." I said, "But I appreciate the talent behind it." Yeah. I mean, you know, it's you know, you look at. I've seen a lot of these, we'll say, underground YouTube videos, and there is a ton of talent coming out, or you know, that exists within. Annapolis's, you know, public housing communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've seen some of the underground rap videos and and everything else that's going on, and it's just what's it what's it take to do to do it to get out of that? I think it really takes getting out of Annapolis or getting out of your comfort zone of your community. Um, was that what it was throwing you down into Atlanta, going okay, sink or swim, commissar? Yeah, uh, and at the time I was there is when Atlanta was at its peak for for music. Um, you're talking about Ludacris really getting his big break, uh, T.I. coming out with the movie right. ATL. Like, I was there doing all of that, like being a fly on the wall, Gucci man, all of the big names from Atlanta. I got to see them start. And by the time I moved from Atlanta, they were household names in the music industry. And I was like I said, I was just being a fly on the wall. So I was able to pick up on a lot of their methods, whether it was making music or just the way that they did the business. And I brought a lot of that back to my record group, which was Keep It Raw Entertainment. And I was just teaching them a lot of things that I was learning. So um, the advice that I would give to artists now coming up here is to get out of that comfort zone when you make your name here and people know that you're doing music you should then set your sights on another city to set up shop push your music out there because i feel like when you have out of town fans who appreciate your music or can relate to your music they will push you a lot harder and faster than people who actually know you your whole life and your mom and your buddy down the street right yeah that's for sure commissar brown man you're a fascinating guy and uh you've I'm still amazed that you only got two hands because uh, of all, <laughs> all the buckets they're in. But you want to make sure you're looking for lots of things happening for your in your life for October. I mean, you've got uh, Art House. You've got the uh, end of September. You've got the opening or the signing of the mural there. Birthday on um, October 21st. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you've got uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm gobstopped here. I mean, I've got to figure out – I have another uh, exhibit with MC3 coming up. Um, that they're going to do official unveiling for on October 20th, the day before my birthday, uh, which was called Veterans Narrative. Um, so they partnered different artists from the area, excuse me, with uh, Army veterans that are either experiencing PTSD or different things like that. And we were able to tell their stories by painting uh, guitars. So um, I was partnered with a veteran named Latia Smith. Um, she is from Baltimore. She's been living in Anne Arundel County f- for about seven to eight years now. And I was able to sit down with her, hear her story of the military, uh, the different places she served. And I was able to pretty much tell that story through the guitar. So um, on October 20th, if you show up to MC3, you'll see a whole bunch of really cool painted guitars. Uh, out of the two, one will be auctioned and the other one will be given to the veteran for them to take home. So it's it's an awesome project. That's amazing. That's awesome. That is awesome. And, and I love that Annapolis is uh, – and, and when you left to go to Atlanta, Annapolis was a really puckered little town that had no art. None at all. Um, and yeah. now it's – I mean I just saw there's a new mural on the backside of the uh, – I think it's the Guzzi Mall down. So I think we might be at 55. Is that? I think we might be at 55 murals. Is it? Cause wow. 
the Rundle Center was 53 that I think that Lonnie was telling me, 53 murals. So if you're talking about that one being a new one, and I think it was another one that was just unveiled inside of the Arundel Center. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sally Ren Compart. I wouldn't be – it might be more than that, honestly, but it should be 50 that are public, publicly out there for you to see. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's a lot more hidden. Like I've done a few in schools, so right, if you're not right. a student or you don't have a child there, you're not going to see those. But right. we might be at 100. <laughs> What's your favorite mural in town? Uh, definitely now in the Arundel Center. Because of the time, and not the one, not necessarily the ones that you've done. Oh, what, just in what's, general. What's, what's the one? What is Commissar Brown driving around town? At 100, looking at a hundred murals or, or fifty-five murals. Which one? Which one stands out for you that you like best? Uh, that's a good question. It might be between Cindy's new uh, Annapolis Maritime Museum one, or might be, and this one I know has caught a lot of flack, but the Ruth Bader and the one that Jeff did on the courthouse. With uh, Thurgood Marshall and Ruth yeah, Bader Gin- yeah, Ginsburg. Yeah. I know that one has got a lot of flack, but I really like seeing that coming around the circle. You know, I, 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 like, I like the flack. I like the conversation on it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if art is making people talk, it's working. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, I go back to the tsunami mural, which really sort of started the whole thing, mm-hmm. was... Uh, you know, people, I think, love it or hate it. I, I don't think there's a lot of gray area in that. But they're sitting there talking about it. It's like, yeah. okay, so what's that mean? You know, I, you know what's, what's going on here? Yeah. Another project that I'm working on that is, is so funny because I really found out how much it really connects to my family. Um, I was asked early in the year to help design uh, the layout for the new uh, Robert E's Memorial uh, off of Clay Street. One of my favorite people. Mine as well. And uh, so I was really nervous about that because I'm so used to doing murals and graphic design. This one was a lot different. So I've been in touch with Eric and Shelly from the city. Shelly is a great landscape designer. Um, she's been really helping me out with this project. But we just kind of finalized the design for that. And uh, that should be going into construction next year. But the connection to that, my family was before Robert E's passed away, I had seen him and uh, he was like, hey, I got something for you. Uh I was like, okay. He was like, yeah, meet up with me in 30 minutes. I met up with him. He had two pictures of my mom, who's deceased, that I'd never seen before. It's not many pictures of my mom, even in my grandmother's house. And he gave me two really beautiful pictures of my mother. And I I just appreciated that so much. And he ended up passing away a few months after that. And uh, last night, I was on the phone with my dad. And I was telling him about the mural. He was like, I grew up with Robert E's. He was like, me and him were like best friends. Like, so I never, I always thought the connection to Robert E's was just through my mom. I never knew that he Realized. actually. That's awesome. So I told him about that. And he surprised me to tell me that his sister is, Robert E's is my, is his sister's uh, brother. They had different dads. So okay. they had Robert E's and my aunt had the same dad. So. That just blew my mind. So technically, designing this whole you know, there, for there's, a there's a guy whose heart was uh, you know ten times bigger than his belly was. He's sort of like Carl Lester, and he's uh, an icon in this town. I mean, he uh, went through a rough patch. He was a badass. He was a you know he was a criminal. He but he uh, you know got his got his shit together. And I mean, he was the biggest advocate for kids mm-hmm. in the community. And I remember every year he would take people up to the Martin Luther King dinner, mm-hmm. all the kids up, and he would he would shake down people for money, you know, the, and everything else. And I told him he was uh, I kind of remember that it was the last year they had it before before he got COVID. He was you know begging for. I don't know, a couple hundred dollars for the last couple kids because he said, I got to fill this band. I want to take this band full. I don't want to have an empty seat. And I said, All right, Robert, put me down for 300 bucks. 
And he's like, okay. I said, can I, can I meet you somewhere and write you a check? Or he says, no, you got cash out. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was like, you know, no, no, we, we get the cash in hand first and then we'll talk. And yeah, it, yeah, he's it, the man. It was just so Robert, but it was uh, – and I do miss him at city council meetings yeah. with uh, just, you know, I mean, he's a voice. Every, everybody, everybody's a task. Yeah. On, on the design of the medallion that I'm doing for the, uh, the place, it says a voice for the voiceless on it. That's one of the, the quotes on there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it truly was him. Uh, I cry. Yeah. I cries on there as well. Yeah. And uh, he's just, a, a, he's been a great inspiration to me growing up. Um, his advocacy for the, for different things is ward off on me. And now I advocate through my art. So, um, rest in peace to him, and I, I just feel honored to be able to honor him at this memorial, and I can't wait to see the finished product. Well, keep advocating for your art. Keep advocating for everybody. Uh, Commissar, I appreciate everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate you coming in and spending some time with me today at the library. And uh, got to keep looking forward to the future, man. Thanks so much. I'm uh, pleased to be on it. Can't wait to hear that. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.